Welcome to the UIUC Talk Show, a show where we talk with the most interesting people with the most interesting ideas. Today we have Samuel or yeah. Samuel Steiner. Yes. What's up? All good, yes. Samuel, Sam, Samuel, I've heard all of the possible permutations of it here in the US. <laughs> it's very weird, but yeah. Sam. No, it's all good. I'm very happy to be here in the show. I've uh, heard good things about it, you know, a place to talk about stuff, about experiences, people, places. So, yeah, I'm very excited to talk a lot with these guys. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, it's not therapy. That's good to know. <laughs> it, it, it is a kind of a, a way of, of, a, of a therapy in a way. Mm, you think? Well, that's good, then I have like millions of therapists in the future, and this builds up, no? <laughs> yeah. So, what's the shirt? Where are you from? My whole thing. So, Just, I'm you know, quickly, you know. But. Very simple, very direct. Uh, I'm from the country of Venezuela, uh, the city of Maracaibo. Uh, I was born and raised there until 18 years old. Then I came here to University of Illinois, doing civil engineering. Uh, I've been here four years, and this shirt is one that I like a lot because this is a shirt of the Venezuelan soccer team, the national men's soccer team. Uh, I really like it. It's a very proud for me to wear it when I wear it. You mean football? Football, soccer, <laughs> but you know, it depends on who I'm talking with, you know, like. Yeah. But yeah, pretty much. Uh, I've always like liked to see uh matches of the Copa America and like the qualifiers of our team. Our team is very bad. <laughs> you know from experience yeah. our team is very bad. <laughs> never been to the World Cup. Never been to World Cup, <laughs> never won the Copa America. But we like to see it. It's one of our national sports. We're very we we're very very proud to see it. We like it. Pretty much. But yeah. You know uh, before we started this thing we were talking about you know when you're great like this greatness leads to some part some sort of uh impairment in a way of like okay if you're great if you're if you're a genius do you do you do you like can you can you not be social stuff like that and you were giving some examples like why do you think of that question like do you think people who are great at something people who are like obsessed and you know geniuses in quote-unquote geniuses do you think they're not fully uh complete for people Many, many people tend to believe, now that I'm trying to abort this topic again, many people tend to believe that geniuses or being smart, that, that term of smartness, of being beyond what most people think is normal for a man to think, is something that happens you know, to a very few people. So it's very specific, these situations has happened. Personally, what I've seen and what I've heard and what I've read is a situation in which of course, a lot of people who are geniuses tend to have a lot of accomplishments since their intellect allows them to have many more accomplishments than many other people wouldn't have been able to have. So what, I, what, I, what we talked about this before and I like to you know, think about is what is the cost of, that, of having that intellect, of having that, um, that capacity on their brains to have those achievements but then they, there is a cost to it. What do they lose? What, what is the cost-benefit ratio of it? Is it even worth it to try to get these accomplishments with your intellect, even though you are missing out on something? 
what I'm what I've saw before is a thing about a social um, dynamic there, that many people lose, especially if, if you are doing this at a young, at a very young age, when you are in your formative years, if you, when you're trying to be a man, when you're trying to be an adolescent, when you are trying to learn stuff, not about the whole world or mathematics and physics and engineering, about learning about what it means to be you, right? So that is where I draw the line about what is a now not a, a very good cost-benefit ratio in which a lot of people who when they're geniuses and they're like, you know, the, the famous gifted child situation, but they're very young, you know, and they lose being with their peers and they lose being with their friends. Of course, they'll probably graduate high school being 14 years old, but then move on with their lives missing something because humans are social creatures. That's how we evolve. That's how we are today. That's why we are the dominant species in the planet. How do you see that in your life, though? Like, do you think you're missing something? Are you not missing anything? Like, how do you think of that question and as you apply that into your life? That also raises the question, though, that do you think you, you fall in that category of people? I don't, personally. Okay. I... I personally don't because I don't consider myself as a genius. I'm not. And I know very few people who are. In Venezuela, when I was young, I remember it actually being called like a gifted child. Oh, this kid is going to be a genius. The next, you know, Albert Einstein. But they, told, they tell so many people that because the range in which it is acceptable to call someone a gifted child being young is very, very easy to reach. You know, that minimum point. Oh, he knows how to do a function when the rest of her classmates don't. He's a genius child. He's mm -hmm. very smart. Child prodigy. Yeah, but like, yeah. But it, you know, going back to the, to the kind of the question is like, okay, they probably made a right prediction. It's just, just you decided to live a different lifestyle for, per se. Like you, let, let's say, like in order to become a genius, you probably needed to spend four hours doing uh, doing math after school, and like you didn't want to do that. You're like you wanted to go play soccer. So how much of that? goes into that question. Do you think that's, or like even now in college, like maybe like if you spend all your time in the, in the Granger library, yeah. you would, would, I don't know, have a better internship or like, I don't know, you would get better grades or you would have developed some sort of like better way to build uh, buildings. I think it all comes down to the fact of what do you feel happy with? Mm -hmm. If I feel happy, going to the Granger Library four hours a day and going and trying to make as sexual work as possible and competing for all the possible best uh, internships, then I will be doing that. But the thing is, I personally don't think for myself, I don't know, I might be wrong, but I personally think that that is not what makes me happy. What mm -hmm. makes me happy is being a civil engineer, not as a minimum, but as a good uh, way of doing it that I see for myself, having friends, having a family, having hobbies, doing other stuff, being diverse, essentially, on what I do with my life, not just studying. You know, being a civil engineer is not what all I am, or I will be. No, not that I finished yet. Yeah. <laughs> but hopefully you finish. For <laughs> that, uh, but essentially is that. So it is true. If Going back, if we're a gifted child, 
he truly wants to do that even even if you know he's fully you know focused like a like a horse in a race just going to the straight line and that goal is to be as smart as possible then i then in that case yeah it's probably worth it to miss out on all of that that could have happened and just straight go to the finish line in that case yeah yeah i mean that, that's that's interesting but i i do think you know like different you know, kind of lifestyles. They, they, like I said, you know, they yield different returns. True so that. it's not, it's not like, um, you know, you. It's like people who get successful, like they get luckier. Like people who do like insane things. It's like, oh yeah, just they just stumble upon. A lot of it's just like, like you said, you know, sacrificing uh, a big uh, question. So, what makes you? You know, you mentioned like family and things, but like here, for instance, like what what makes you truly happy? And how do you know that's actually making you happy? <laughs> That is, books have been written about this, and most people don't know the answer. That's very sad. I think... Have you figured it out? No. Of course not. I won't lie to you. I haven't figured that out. And if someone does, either they're extremely, like, self-being is very, like, they know about themselves so much, or they're lying. Mm. You know? Uh, the pursuit of happiness, essentially, for me... I'm trying to still figure it out, but it's a balance of of goodness, essentially. I cannot have much of something. I cannot play too much soccer. I cannot study too much. I cannot go partying too much. I cannot do, do you know, cardio or too much gym or too much on my bike or reading books or talking about politics or talking about history or talking about mathematics with people. I think for me, what is happiness is all of those and many other more is a balance of, a pl of how they say this, interaction with each. I cannot only do this mm. all day because then it's mundane, then it's a routine. Right. And then it loses the habit, it loses the love of it. I think there's a quote about that, that literally the killer of love or the killer of happiness is routine, doing the same thing every day. I wanna do that. So I, try, I don't try to be as diverse as possible, then I lose focus. I just focus on a number of ones that I liked because of my upbringing and what I was essentially coded in my brain to like. A few things. Soccer, engineering, history, debate, being with friends. Um, those are the principal ones, yeah. Among others. But yeah. So do you think scarcity or the lack of having something, that's what's making you value it more? That's a good question. Does scarcity allow me to value something more? I mean, in economic terms, that is true. <laughs> yeah. That is true. If I have just one phone, I know that that phone is expensive. I know that phone is valuable for its intrinsic usefulness that I have for it. And I do consider it valuable for myself, as well as my computer, as well as many other things. I think that is true, yes. As less, as less there is of something, as less of the supply I, I have in my control of something, I will put a bigger value on it. But I think it's more of the usefulness of the use I have of this item that will give me to put it the biggest amount of value possible. And it's not, and in that case, won't be as something about supply or, or demand. It's about how useful it is for me. A 
Hmm. If I have to give an example, I will think, I don't know, like water. I drink a lot of water in the old days. I need it all days. And it's very valuable for me, you know. But I have a lot of it, but it's still valuable. I don't know. It's not a good example, no? <laughs> I don't know. You, you could bring something like, I don't know, like party or soccer or things like that. Like, let's say if you play soccer every day, would you lose it? Yes, like, yeah. Or like you party still, every day yeah. or whatever. Would you still enjoy it as much? Hmm. I would have to say no. You if, think so? If I, if I think about it, if I think about it in, you know, ask different examples of why will, how would it be if I did this, I would say that soccer, going out with friends. If I do it every day, I think, no, studying I have to do every day, so it's not even a choice. <laughs> it's a necessity. Yeah. And I don't think it loses the value because I still do it. And sometimes I even like doing it, so you know, that's a surprise. <laughs> but playing soccer, going out, reading stuff, investigating. I do those every day, so and it doesn't lose value. I do it every day and I like to do it. So there are so then I will have to divide them in two between things that I could add high value to it and I can do a lot of it. So, you know, it's not like the fallacy that I like something a lot, but then I do it so much that I get bored of it, like a popular song. But then there are those who do get in that other category. I don't know how to differentiate them before talking about it, so it's, gonna, it's, it's hard to actually divide which is which, yeah. but I don't know, I get the grasp of it. That's, that's good. So you're saying if you set in a routine, you'll probably get bored of it, right? That's what you. That's what you're claiming. I'm claiming there's gonna be two routines, ones that I intrinsically like to do every day, so I still do them those routines and I have a high value for them, and others that, and others that I if I did them I will value them much less. I will have less love for it, less likeness to it. But that's what I said. If I think about it, trying to divide which ones is which will be difficult. I can for now tell you that both exist and it's not just one answer it's you know two answers if I think about it then then why do people give their entire lives just doing something that they let's say um, did their major in, in let's say college let's say you're you're doing civil engineering and what's the plan like once you graduate you're gonna be working in that field for your entire life right essentially but the reason you chose civil engineering it's because you like it. Yeah. But if you end up doing it as a routine every day, don't you think you'll lose that appreciation or that love for it? Isn't it like contradictory? Like you're, you're chasing a dream <laughs> where, you true, true. where you think, where, which will lead you to a path which will make you dislike your biggest interest. Hmm. I think at the beginning that won't be applicable because I'll yeah. still have my, I'll still have like a young mentality of ambition mm. of trying to do more because it'll be like a video game essentially. I, I want to go through each level one by one. You know, I'll start as a junior civil engineer, then I have to do the PE, the certification exams, then I'm a civil engineer, then I can go into executive and each step is years in the making. So there is still like this sense of progress that mm. you get, this sense of gratification that you're doing the same thing. That is true. But each year that passes, each promotion you get, each new job you get, 
it changes a little bit. Now you're not doing blueprints, now you are certifying them with the city council. Or now you have to do, except of doing calculations of the structures, now you have to do the cost analysis of the project. Then you're a manager, then you manage all of those people. So it's no longer about being a civil engineer, now is a people's person of trying to deal with problems in the workplace, right? So in that case, it is like a work progression. Little by little, you know, you start with ambition until you stop because of your age, because now you're a CEO. And then that is where I think the, the law fades because there is nothing more to do. There's no more ambition. There is now the routine of doing the exact same thing. You might be winning a million dollars a year because you're CEO of a huge company or you are a consultant, you know, it's your company and you don't make as much money, but it's still your thing. I think that in that case you have to fight every day mentally to be in, in order to keep on doing this until you die or you retire or you just quit. Yeah, I don't, do I, don't even, I don't even think it's that much of a fight. Is that, is, is that, For many people it like is. Each level, each level, they give you more green paper and you think you're, you're fine. And the thing is you get more responsibility. So you get a car, you get a house, you get, you get X, Y thing. So like, it's not like you can stop. So you have to you have to keep going. <laughs> but a lot of people just retire, you know, like by right, age, right, right. by choose. You can you can retire a forty year old millionaire, and you can be you know just ambitious less because that amount of money that you want in your life, then those millions that make you basically make you able to have your children and your grandchildren never work a day in their lives and still be as good monetarily as you are right now. That makes you, you know, start to lose that passion for your work. Because now it's not for the money, now it's for the love. So when you do the routine of the love, it fades out. That's, that's the way I see it. I've seen a lot of people, uh, like family members and friends or examples of others who, by the ages that go by, that same, you know, young mentality, working mentality, char palante, that's a saying in Venezuela that basically means going forward mentality, it starts to fade away the, the older they are, the less they care, the older they are, the, the, the more they just want to rest, they want to, you know, do nothing. A lot of people, they lose that mental battle easily, if they make it. Of course, if you don't make it, you still keep going, you still keep climbing, you still keep going in the corporate ladder. Because there is, I hope, that ambition of keep going until the end. And when you get to the end, you're done. That is when you retire, that is when you're done in life. Of course, in all of that, basically talking about the entire life's paradigm of an adult life, you have your children if you want, you have family if you want. You can do hobbies, you can do stuff, and that will keep your mind racing other stuff. But the more you go, the older you get, <clears throat> the more easily you lose that ambition, that love, because of the routine, because of your age, because you're done, you made it. If that makes sense. Yeah. Change is the only constant. Change is the only, and time. Mm -hmm. The time is a change, so yeah, it is the only like constant. <laughs> and entropy is the the ultimate one. But uh, <laughs> you know, you, you like reading in history and things like that. Like, what's your favorite like history like event? Like, you event? Know, no, like you know, like a history moment. 
Like if you could go back and you know, in some sort of period, like which one, would you, which one, or maybe if you don't want to go into a specific period, like maybe a person you'd like to go back in time and hey, what's up? Let's <laughs> let's have a conversation real quick. Nah, that's good. Hmm. Can I choose difference or this is like no rules? I just go ahead. Oh, I know. Just one person. <laughs> one person. No, no more. Uh, huh. That's that's difficult because I I want to make it as the best answer as no, I can I just, for myself. No, just 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 give whatever you think and then <laughs> you could and then there is a way you can like smartly do it, but I'm not gonna say it now. <laughs> <laughs> no no no, listen, just like whatever you think, you say it and then if you think of someone better, just okay okay of course. Um, well, I'm gonna go more global, so I'll have to choose and then go go yeah, also more, like less more, more uh, yeah. detail afterwards. Uh, me personally, if I could go back, I would very, very much like to meet, uh, very simple, Albert Einstein. So, it's a very, I know it's a very come simple, on, man. I know it's a very simple, I know it's very simple. <laughs> I know it's very simple, Okay, but why? Okay, why I would like to meet Albert Einstein? Well, the guy, uh, okay, I will change my answer. <laughs> <laughs> because I cannot even communicate with him. The guy speaks German. No, no, you can't. Yeah, you, gotta have, you have confidence in your answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Okay, mm. maybe like more like lo lower scale. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Maybe, maybe you, you want to talk to the 32nd Chancellor of the University of Illinois. I don't know. Like whatever, like small scale. We already have one. Why do yeah. I want to talk to the other ones? This is the best we have. Yeah. Yes, the Chancellor. <laughs> I love him. Um, Okay, uh, I want to go back and I would like to meet a Venezuelan president, right? Okay, who, who? A president from my country, um, Marco Pérez Jiménez, that's his name. And then say what? Huh? And like talk about what? I want to talk about what was his vision with the nation. Because the context for my answer is a little bit detailed, not many, I don't think anyone in the U.S. Even knows about Venezuelan history, 21st, 20th century. But essentially, this was a president that set a very high standard for the nation. This was a period, a little controversial, but still a period in which Venezuela was at its highest. That was the Senate. After that, it was just decline or stagnation. But that was after him, and before him was we were like a poor backwaters country, like insignificant. Nice. He he put us on the map at a cost, but he did it. And he was in power as a dictator, technically speaking, for 80 years. And he made so much. So I want to talk to him and talk and ask him about the vision for the nation. 1950s Venezuela, he was the maximum president, the maximum dictator, the maximum power controller. What was his vision? What he wanted to do? Because he was ousted in power. He didn't die. He, he there were an election. He was kicked off power. He was very young. So it was like this what if he stayed in power for more time, what he would have wanted to do in the nation. I really like the guy because it's a period in my country's history, our country's history, in which it was great, essentially. It was a good time. A lot of people had a lot of opportunities there to live as a common citizen. That's something I really like to know about the common guy there, right? How did he leave? How did how could he make money? How could he develop himself? How could he get that happiness? 
the best period to do all that was 1950s Venezuela. That's where my grandparents actually came to Venezuela because they knew how good the situation was in Venezuela. They, they left their first world country of Italy and their first world country of Austria and Czechoslovakia. You know, countries that now are good. Like, to yeah. live there is a privilege. They went all the way there to Venezuela without knowing Spanish and they made their lives there because they knew it was good. So the guy that made all that responsible was him. He chose his ministers, he chose his security advisors, he chose essentially even the governors of the provinces of the country. He micro and macro managed the country so good that it was a, I think, the fourth largest per capita in the world in GDP terms. Higher than West Germany, higher than most countries in, in Europe. Only The only countries bigger are like New Zealand, the US, and I don't know, like Luxembourg or something. But fourth was Venezuela. Mm -hmm. So I would really like to know how he did it. How, what was his plans? What was his mentality? Yeah, it's true. I mean, that, that, that's when my, my grandpa, I think, got there in 1956. Really? So, yeah, so in the 50s. So that's where everyone from all over the world just coming in. And I think at one point the, the currency was like worth more than the dollar. More? Like, no, that's or like that's, almost. It was like almost equal or something like that. Never, never. The, the highest it's been is like one dollar was free bolivares. So something four. like that. Like, it, it was. It, it was good. It, it was good. Now yeah. it's like in the millions. Yeah. So you know. Oh. Yeah, hyperinflation. You know, so. <laughs> more than that, it's like. Trillions. The billions. <laughs> what? Yeah. One dollar. Yeah. Yeah. A dollar. If you want to change it now is. Officially speaking, it's 5.3, 5.2. I don't know, I haven't yeah, checked it today. Not, but like, that's Bolivares Fuertes Soberano, so Sovereign Bolivares. The amount of times they've done, like, currency reforms. So, currency reforms it's, is It's probably just, more, it, I guess like the best way to explain it, it's like probably more stirs that you've ever seen in your life together. Yeah, like, yeah. they probably would not fit in this table. Yeah. Trillion or, oh, sorry, trillion or million? <laughs> More than that. Yeah. One dollar. Yeah. When they got to power. What? Where we're comparing like the now to the when there was like, like ninety eight, the Bolivar of nineteen ninety eight. It's trillions and trillions and trillions. Sorry, it's, it's bad. Yeah. How is it now? Well, worse, obviously. No, but like how bad? Not bad. bad. Like people <laughs> people know like like one or two dollars or something. Like, like just like one percent of the population yeah. can truly try to change their currency without destroying themselves financially yeah like i think the main the minimum wage there converted to dollars is like ten dollars a month ten dollars no but i think even then it's like a little too much but because like, $10 like, too much. that data is all messed up it's but, always it's, it's but, very uh, messed up but it's a situation in which it's the lowest in the continent i think it's even one of the lowest in the, yeah, in the definitely, world definitely less than 10 um per month yeah and even though prices now there are dollarized, so we use yeah, the, the dollars. It's become so bad stuff. that they, have, they, act, they actually use dollars to like buy stuff now. Yeah, because so. most of the stuff we eat there is imported. So imagine U.S. prices with minimum wage Venezuela dollar, you know, how do you buy stuff? So just tricky. But, you know, like going back to Marcos Perez Jimenez, right? Yes. So he, he had a different type of government, and, you know, we, were, we, we, uh, we crash or we audit a philosophy class earlier uh, this week nice. and um, one of the things that we were talking about in the class is like you know how much of because um, you have like two systems you have like a democratic system where 
you know, in, in the context of science, it's like, you know, the best ideas wins. You know, you only do what's, what experimental science allows you to. And the other way, it's like, listen, we're doing this, and you just do it. In a more uh, contemporary like, example, it's more like someone like, you know, Steve Jobs, for instance, where he had the idea he would micromanage everything. And listen, we're going we're gonna to make this computer, this phone. I don't care how it gets done. I don't care if it's possible. Just make the touch screen. Just make X, Y, and C, or like or Tesla, or like Elon Musk with, with the rockets. Everyone was calling him crazy. Like there, like there, there's a professor here, and I talked to him. He, he was telling me that mm -hmm. he he met the guy, and he was talking about okay, we're gonna make the rocket, and the rocket's gonna come and land on unlike the back to earth, launch pad. which is now he's like, oh yeah, that happened. Now but is a thing. That man. is insane. That is insane. And yeah. so they so he was like, yeah, you're crazy. So he so he literally just. He's, I think he got like scarred out like two minutes after, like after, like you know, out. But whatever. So he, but he was like, "Listen, we're gonna get it done. We're gonna make it happen." So yeah. you need people like authoritative, like people who are like, "Listen, okay, how it's gone, just get it done." So it's more like it just, it just seems like our current like system, like like democracy, for instance, is like the best we can do because we have like good uh, safe fail mechanisms. Hmm. So that's why we haven't. But uh, they can definitely. Come up with better systems where we have micromanagers, or not necessarily that, people with vision, who listen. We're gonna go hard. We're gonna go to the limits, or even beyond the limits it's itself. And it's a good question because we don't know. Yeah. It's like if we go down the route, then we we run the chance of running into some bad dictator, and you know, for hundreds of years. But with a democracy, you know, we don't make much progress. But we have this safe mechanism that. No one crazy and like will be doing bad things, so it's just a kind of a weird thing that that is happening. Do you are you implying that there needs to like a power dynamic always needs to exist in order for progress to happen? You think we, so we can know, never like the society cannot function as equals? So I don't think it's about power dynamics. It as is. A, as a, no, I don't think like, so. Like, why would, okay, why would anyone listen to Steve Jobs? I, I, don't, I, I don't think that's a good question, actually. It's like, because, like, why would, he didn't, he didn't even have a college degree. So, like, according to our standards of, like, society. So yeah, but. Yeah, he was probably a stupid person or whatever. But he had, he had power over them. He was giving them money. Sure. Right? So, he had some form of upper hand or the employees, Listen, which he gave got, them a... He, he got fired, so he didn't have no power. He got fired from the office his own company. Yeah. So, like... <laughs> but he, was also, he also came back, but people still listened to him. Yeah. Right. If they didn't want to, they could have left. But, um... So... Yeah, so you, de you definitely need someone who, like, listen, we're going to do this thing. Like, the vision. It doesn't have to be, like, a power dynamic thing. It's just, like, a vision crazy enough to inspire. Or like, or, like, MLK, for instance. He inspired people to, like... But there has to be a leader leading that. Or, like, I don't know, Mahatma Gandhi, for instance. Like, you know, he had, he had the vision. Like, he wasn't telling, like, you know, if you don't come, like, whatever. Like, no, it was just He wasn't like... chosen by Lee. Like, yeah. Uh, no, no. They're not uh, chosen. Gandhi, Gandhi. Gandhi, yes, Gandhi. Yes, yes. No, he wasn't, like, chosen. He was just, like, listen, we're going to do this. He leads by example. Hmm. Pacifism, that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> you, think, you think so? Yeah, I mean, it did the job. Yeah. You know, just that the British botched it, you know, <laughs> with the whole partition. 
You know that that actually caused the biggest refugee crisis in human history. The partition of India after the Gandhi, you know, the whole independence movement was formalized. Really, like the biggest one? The biggest one in history. Yes. Really. Of course. How many? How many? How many millions? Tens of millions, because the country of, you know, it's a tangent, but essentially when India was made formally in previous years, like 1300, 1400. It was all India, like one big thing. Never. Yeah. Like, it's, it's always been a pendulum of being princely states or microstates or any kinds of like billions of states making the continent, and then it goes to one big nation controlling it. It collapses, yeah. unifies, collapses, unifies. That has been essentially the history of India, as well as having countless invasions by other peoples. Uh, the Greeks invaded, the Muslims invaded, the Persians invaded, the Afghanis invaded, and, you know, a bunch of other nations invaded. The, the Mongols even invaded. They even made their own thing there. <laughs> so it's always been a, a, a continent. Because a subcontinent, that's what it is. It's some continent full of languages, full of religions, full of waves of thinking. The biggest two were essentially Hinduism and, you know, uh, Islam. And then when the British came, you know, East India Company and conquest wars and rebellions, they introduced a little bit of Christianity. But the biggest one is Hinduism and Islam. So when the British... All of that, World War One, World War Two, you know, the whole thing of Indians fighting for their country in other places. And then, you know, the British Empire collapses its economy. So they're like, you know what, India is no longer a country that we can sustain, we cannot control anymore, we have no more money. Let's give them independence, 1948. 47. 47, good. So when they did the partition lines, the British did them. They essentially want to make a Islamic-controlled country, which essentially made two countries in one. It was Bangladesh and Pakistan, and they want to make a Hindu-majority country. Okay. So essentially, they were making ethnic division lines. Mm, right. Very bad idea, because there were a lot of people in these independence movements who were of all kinds. They, they didn't care. They would just want to be left alone from European interference. I think even, you know, like... India's president or f prime minister, one of the first ones was a Muslim, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. No? Mm -hmm. One of the first ones, not the first. Like, first five. First five of prime ministers or presidents. I don't I'm know. Fairly sure. I'm fairly sure. Okay. But I digress. It's a situation in which the division was very poorly made, in which it just was a pencil, just. Just draw a map. Just go by the river, you know? No considerations made on what people lived in what mm. part. So a lot of people that were, you know, subscribed to being a Muslim were living, all of them, in, you know, India. And a lot of people who were Hindus lived in Pakistan. So these nations, they formalized their independence and they made themselves as Hindu majority, you know? Hindu laws and stuff like that. Islamic laws. And these people didn't like that. So they crossed each other, you know, an exchange. The exchange was very badly made mm. because they had, by the beginning of all that, border problems. So the borders were militarized immediately. So now it was a race of time. How fast I can go to the country that won't accept me more. So a refugee. Instead of being a migrant, now you're a refugee because you have to 
immediately leave your home and never come back. Very sad. That is, yeah, that's the situation that made that. Like India, accurate? What? Yeah, accurate. yeah. It's like a whole, like a whole brief history <laughs> of India. <laughs> um, like India in Hindi is called like Hindustan, which means yeah, land of Hindus. Yeah, like like all the stands over there. Yeah, so many. Damn. Wait, how do you know all of this? Because I like history. I I really like history because it's it's a way in which we can learn of the past mistakes of you know our ancestors and people who were before us. What did they do wrong? How could they have done better? If you know what could have happened better, you can try to make it better nowadays by learning their mistakes. Like you know, having a lesson of the people who didn't have a way of knowing. You know, because they probably made the first mistakes of that kind, or they repeated mistakes. But you know, if you know how the repetition or the pattern, you know, the series, you can break it. If you know, if you know about it, it's a very interesting way of seeing things. In my, is to know, you know, like lessons we can take about this history is to know. If you're going to do a decision, have as much information about the context of it as mm. possible in order to make the best decision possible in your regards. The British diplomats probably didn't even know the difference. They didn't care. They, they weren't, you know, like as intrinsically proven to know about that as they could have been or they should have been. Right. But they didn't. And human lives were lost because of it. And suffering was made. And, you know, that is a lesson. There are many more. I think even Churchill said that. Those who don't know their history are bound to repeat it. <laughs> no, that's true. And, and you probably don't know that. You probably don't like that guy a lot, no? I don't know much about that guy. I still need to like. Winston Churchill. So it's an interesting guy. I know, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I, the, there's this uh, quote that I, I like very much. Probably one of my favorites. It's like, "A fool never learns from their mistakes. A smart person, they learn from their own mistakes. Yeah. A wise person, they learn from other people's mistakes. Which is exactly why I like to read books and, and things like that. Because well, yeah. it's literally a way to like, okay, what do you do? Okay, oh yeah, you, you messed up there? Okay, I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna go here. Which, you know, you always make mistakes, but uh, at some point, it's better to You have to, to learn, you, you, at some point you learn, yeah. What's been your favorite mistake? My favorite personal mistake? I don't know if this was a mistake since I don't know what could have happened. Okay. But in my past, I was very a very avid soccer player, right? Football player. <laughs> <laughs> I was a goalkeeper. I still am. I still play goalkeeping. I still play. Very good. Very but, good. Yeah. Yeah. You know. You know. You know. <laughs> uh, but I was a very big goalkeeping player. I don't think you even know this story, but okay, okay. the story is that when I was 14, 15 years old, I was ingressed in a juniors uh, soccer team in, in Maracaibo called Fundawa, uh, Fundación Unión Atlético Maracaibo. So it's an acronym for Foundation Athletic, Athletic. Athletic Union of Maracaibo. It's, it is, the senior team is the team of the city. They've gone to Copa America, so essentially they've gone to the Champions League of South America. They've won, you know, national tournaments and cups. They're a very good team. So they make, you know, the lower division of the teams for younger individuals, such as myself. I played there since I've been 12 or 13. 
and I left when I left the country. Well, a year before I left the country, I left the team. I was too old. What happened? We went to a tournament in Merida. I, by other people's perception and my perception of how I played, I was a little above average as a goalkeeper. I wasn't very tall back then. Um, I was very fast, very good distribution of the ball. That was me. That was a, I was a, a sort of good goalkeeper. We had like even tiers of the team. We have like the national, A, B, C, D. Right, right. So the national is not that you're at a national team level. It's just that like you are the, the best highest, yeah. of your subdivision mm -hmm. because you play as a sub-15. Right, right. Un no, under-15, under-17, under-19, under-13. So when I was under-15, I went to a tournament in Merida. Is a state. The thing about that state and that area, the Andes, the mountains region, is that essentially the best soccer players of the country come from there. Higher mountains, more need of having a more developed lung capacity. Lung, yeah. And they still have, you know, the same football culture of the rest of the nation, so they just export them like crazy. The, the best people come from there. We played a tournament there against their state selection, so the best players of our age division of the country, of the state. We played against other subdivisions of other teams of the state. We played against teams of Caracas, the capital. So even a lot of good players don't even come from there because there's so many people living there. Essentially what I'm trying to say is it was a very hard tournament. And we came second place. The first place, the selection of the state because mm -hmm. They're fucking goalkeeper. Like, very bad word, but it still impresses me nowadays. Was the sub 17, under 17 of the national team. So, this kid had a professional. I forgot the name. I, if, you, if you give me a face of it, I can try to make it yeah, up. Yeah. But he was the under 17 of the Venotinto. Of, you know, he probably wears this shirt now. Hmm. Like, as a soccer player. So, we came second place. I played amazing in that tournament generally speaking no, not even like trying to make it off it was a fact i played so good <laughs> even i was competing i not really i was competing okay. against other two goalkeepers and they lost their their first place on the team against me right right, right? so when we were coming back my manager his name was sandy by the way like super weird name but his name was sandy <laughs> a very good player very good coach i like the guy a lot he, call, he gets a call where we're like eating in a right. roadside restaurant. And he tells me, um, Samuel, we, we, we literally had a call about the under-15 Vino Tinto team. So the under-15 national team. And they told me, they want you to come to another state called Táchira to play with them an international tournament against Colombia and Mexico and Ecuador. So a big thing. And... In that moment, I was given essentially a crossroads. Either I continue my life, I'll be an engineer, I'll be, you know, a professional, you know, a, all of that, or I can be a soccer player as a profession. Because if I made it to that tournament and I keep up with the momentum, who knows, you know? And I called my dad. That was the first thing I said. Uh, uh, let me call my dad. Let me see. So I called my dad and he told me that same thing. You're at a crossroad. Choose what you want to be. What do you want to be? And I said, I want to be a school engineer. I want to be an engineer. I want to go to college. I, I don't think I'll make it as a goalkeeper. I wasn't sure of it. Because I knew this tournament, my, per my performance was very good. It was not the average. 
So I go to Tachira and I play somewhat well, you know. It can even be a decline. If I choose the wrong road, yeah. it's very hard to go to the other road because now it's, you know, harder to go to each one. The distance. I wouldn't agree with that. Like, well, I, I guess, how, is, how old were you, though? Were you, like, right before coming to college? No, I was 15, 15 years old. I mean, at that point, I think you should be open to trying it out. Right? No, but, like, you need but to that's the, the thing. SAT and everything. Else. If I try right, it right. out, but, okay, you, that, that you, means that I will have, I should, I, I, I will have chosen this road. So I have, have to yeah. keep going. Like, fully, yeah. Yeah. Like, like not just, like, oh, like, I want to be, like, goalkeeper, but also I want to be studying for the yeah, SAT. That means yeah. responsibility. You, yeah. you that choose. means having to go and train so much more that classes will have been unhindered for me, you know? Right. But... You choose that, like you're still very young. You're yeah. not like 30 or 35 where you, you cannot like afford to make the wrong decision, right? Yeah. You're still like at a very young spot. And I think like, even if it didn't work out, you would still have so many years in front of you where you could still like choose to be an engineer. And like, I don't know what's to lose, what's to lose. It's a thing about like, you have to have a head start. You have to start the race well, essentially, the race of life. So. You know, you take this just this road and you have this other road. The distance you have to take once you've been enough time on this road to the other road you want to take, you have to do either this or directly this, but it takes time. It's a lost effort. It's a lost inversion that I did this and it, it, the, um, the, the amount of probability that I had for this to work is like one in a million. Because that's the amount of like soccer players that actually make it in their life. Of yeah, the amount who yeah and even even those who make it, like you're not really making it. Uh, but would that you're really like go higher? Yeah. Would accepting it mean that you have chosen soccer for the rest of your life, or was it a, like you if could've... I chose this? Yes, that would have meant that. I think it would have meant that, and if I tried to go to the other road, it would have been very difficult because that. Why? That, why do you think that? Because let's give an example. I go to Tachira to play. That, that was a one-month-long tournament. That was in the middle of my classes, right? So I play with them. You know, if I go there, if my dad, I told my dad I'm going to play there, if my mentality was to play, that meant that now my mentality is not thinking about being a junior. My mentality is to be a soccer player. Sure. This road is off. This is now the new road. So that means that now I have to train, I have to play, I have to do more. A bigger anxiety is put above my head about Apart from that, is the thing that now schoolwork is a hindrance. I probably have to leave high school, or if I try to continue, I won't go to university. I'll probably graduate with bad or low grades because I've been doing so much about soccer. And now goes the possibility. I make it. If I make it, then that's, that's amazing. But that's a one in a million possibility. What about the other 999,999? Yeah. yeah, but I did I yeah. fail, and now. I have to go back to high school. I probably have very bad grades, so I won't go to a very good university. And now I essentially shot myself in the knee or in the foot by doing that. <laughs> I don't know. Like it would have been harder though to like learn um, like math and like whatever and like take the exam. I would have so. changed my whole life paradigm by doing only right, soccer, right. You know? And like the thing is, like I get it. I get it that like you I shouldn't be, be young you shouldn't still. be like. Like, I get it, I, I get it as a fact that you're trying to tell me that I should never discard many options in my life because, you know, I still have time and maybe they work out or maybe I can just not do it anymore and won't have any consequences. But this was a big crossroads. Like, 
it was a but I think a better question would have been which one would have been more interesting nah <laughs> it would have been interesting to do soccer yeah there but, you, you go well, like, <laughs> like you're 15 like if you don't know what to do you just you you follow for whatever is interesting and then like things will work out but um like it's not it's not <laughs> like, like that would be so much interesting yeah that would be like a fun life with just yeah, playing yeah. soccer for money yeah I don't think any, <laughs> that of, good, any yeah. of the options are wrong I don't think that's true like it's no. not it's not like this is wrong or only this is this is right i yeah. think the both can be the right choice for you depending on how you end up on that path like how you end up doing what you do once you choose that path i personally don't think i would have made it that's first of all okay i personally don't think i would but that's good i personally don't think i would have made it bro so I'm not sure. But you know, but that, that takes a lot of um like you know, self awareness in a way. Yeah. Because like you I know. Because like you could have believed, yeah, it'll be good. And like that belief could have been enough to actually make it. But that that's also but, can uh, be like self deception, you know, like you're self lying to yourself. Right. But, but what's the you make that mistake, but you would have emerged as a smarter human being. Then. No, I would have made it out as a guy who lost time, you know? Yeah, because I, th- I didn't learn new stuff. I, I, I probably would have been more fit. I probably would have known more about soccer tactics or goalkeeping, you know, mentality. But not about, you know, life, you know, skills or work skills or even personal skills that would be useful if I don't make it past, you know, the threshold of being a professional soccer player. Right. So And I knew. I would have made it as as a matter of, like that's that's like the context of it all as well. I I knew I was gonna make it. I could have, I could have. That's that's the what if. That's where the what if comes in. Maybe I could have been it, or made it. But now looking in, you know, retrospective. Now knowing about a lot of stuff about myself and my abilities, and even the Venezuelan situation of soccer. Now a lot of soccer players from Venezuela come out. And apart from like other countries like Colombia, because we are not very good soccer players, you know. Remember, our national team is very bad. If <laughs> you come out, but like yeah. in the hundreds of the millions who try, and you're competing against other against other nations who have better programs than you, like you so, have such odds stacked against you. Right. So you're. That in that moment, I knew it wasn't worth it. As much as I wanted to be that, like I was like. Ah, that would be great. That would be very good for me. I knew I was going to make it, so I made the best decision given my options and given the context. How much of that was uh, like intuition or just rational? Wait, you, like how, how much of that decision was like just intuitive? Like it just came from your gut and the other one just came like, okay, like you were just thinking. It was, I think for it, I remember that I gave the decision like an hour later of just talking so like to you my knew, dad you knew. and speaking with myself. It wasn't that I knew, I just thought about the scenario. I just right. imagined the scenario. I was like, let's go through a simulation. I go, then what happens? What are the chances? What's the probability? Was what it I a, a Python simulator or MATLAB? Or nah, MATLAB, <laughs> better, better MATLAB. So I just thought about it. I, yeah. I, did, I essentially did like a normal steps of, okay, I have this, then I have either this, like an algorithm, right? So I go, okay, I have this decision, this other decision, this other decision. I have now three scenarios. Goes for more, right? This this deletes itself because I failed, keeps going. So from this to this point, how many scenarios I failed? A lot. How many I did it? Just one. 
the chance of it being the one I'm doing right now, very low. I didn't like those chances. I'm not gambling. I'm not my gambling man. Yeah. I might like to play poker or blackjack, but I'm not that much of a gambling addict. Yeah. Well, earlier, you know, we, we, you know, we had this professor, and he was like, you know, saying, engineers are are conservative. So. We are. <laughs> that, that is true. That is true. Yes. So the decision was guided by, not by what you liked, but more by oh, I probability. Took, I took those in my decision rationale. Of course, I was like, am I capable? Mm. How, what can I do? What do I feel? And I failed. But like, you weren't a capable engineer then. How, how would you have known if you had turned out to be a good engineer? Because I, I liked, I want to be an engineer as well. I was 15 years right. old. I was thinking about college, you know? So I was having like good grades in math and physics. I liked to see my dad work and I was like, I want to do that. He was, a civil, uh, he was a mechanical engineer, but he worked as a civil engineer doing, you know, hydrological services and electrical stations. So I was like, I want to do that. My mom is also a civil engineer. I want to do that. My sister's applying to college. I like to see her writing, you know, essays talking about her life. I want to do that when. <laughs> no, hey, hey, I like that. I like, I, I really like that. Like, what what was... did you write in your essay? I don't remember that. So it's BS then. You don't remember? No, it? no, no. I remember that was I I I personally used Venezuela, I remember a lot in my essays. Yeah. You know, context, you give context, you say, oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. the country's very bad, but you know, resilience and trying to move forward, all of that, which is true. Yeah. Um But the essays I if I try to jog my memory a little bit, uh I think there were a mix about why you want to do that, mm. why you chose us. Yeah. I think there were like an the incident that changed your life, and like those. Sort yeah, of yeah, 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 yeah. I think there was yeah. one like that. Do you remember yours or? My, mine? Yeah. yeah, of course, man. Ah, no. Look at this guy. He probably has like a, a thing in his like wall room yeah. with the entire yeah. essay written right there. No, it's funnily enough. <laughs> so you know you can request your application. And see what they thought. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So if you like want, with notes, yeah. Or just saying so like, like literally what they thought of you and everything. Really? Yeah. I'm not done. Have you done it? I'm yeah, not I, done. I didn't want to do it because like I don't, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't care what they think. <laughs> but I did it anyway. I'll, How I'll, do you do that? I'll, I'll, you just template. I'll, I'll send you a template. It's an email. Okay. It's okay. Like, yeah, yeah, nice. By the law, whatever the hell, like yeah, really? whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's actually really cool. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I don't know, I don't know. so they were like, yeah, this guy's not very, you know, this guy. I don't know. It's a little weird, you know. He. He, they told you that. Yeah, because I mean, so when I moved to the U.S., right, I didn't know any English or anything, right? Yeah. So I, I couldn't take, you know, even though I knew like algebra one, like I didn't know anything what was going on. So like, the you, you put me in the most basic one. So like, to catch up is like in like you know three years is like hard to actually like catch up like that. Yeah, true. Um, anyway, and I tried to summer classes, but like, I just I was I guess it wasn't good enough to like do that, whatever. But, uh, or I didn't care. But, um, nice. so, yeah, so it was like, oh, yeah, so this guy has not taken, like, AP Calc and AP Physics and all that oh, shit. Oh, they were, like, roasting you. No, literally, like, literally. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and they were, like, so, so they actually didn't, did not accept me on, on the first time. So I applied early action. So they were, like, oh, oh, early action? They said no. Yeah. So they were, like, yeah, actually, yeah, defer this guy, whatever. So they all said, like, defer. Okay, Thank you. And then, and then I wrote, and then. They reviewed the application again, and you see, you see the comments, and they were like, "Yeah, I don't know about this guy. You just accept him, but like on the minimal level, or whatever." And like, 
And like some people like say like don't accept him, like two people. A la <laughs> and then one person was like, Yeah, he's not very strong and like academic wise, but he has a really inspiring writing style. Accept. <laughs> so literally because of the essay. The essay <laughs> saved your gut. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, think, I don't know. I don't know if it's about saving or anything, but like that literally. The way it, you told me, yes. Yeah, it, it definitely helped. So. Wow. Like, then you then you do. I, no, the essay I, was good though. The essay was really yeah, good. Yeah. In like, that case, then I'll have it acceptable to you too. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Frames the entire essay like this saved my life. You know, like this made it to where I am today. That's good. That's, That's good true. Story. That's true. Yes, yeah, so you can require. It's actually pretty, pretty. It's pretty. Send cool. me that template. I would like to know. I yeah. To know how much they probably felt like, oh, this Venezuelan no. boy, no, no, man, you know, like, no, <laughs> you know, like, what's that country? We don't know about it. No, I think for you, I mean, you got in everything, so it was fine. So, no, I think the the IB helped me a lot. I did that, uh, okay. international baccalaureate. My SAT scores were good, yeah, so we're chilling, yeah, like for me, it was not. I was not into yeah, you stuff like, like that. You were just, you were just doing... cruising through, yeah, and what. Because you know the essay just done. Yes. Yeah. They're like yes. Yeah. We want. Yeah. It. So they literally like just look at the essay, don't look at anything else. But like, but just looking at the essay would have gone into nice anywhere. I want to see that. I want to know. Yeah. Oh, yeah awesome. Know. Awesome. It's you. Good. Damn. Is was this like your dream school here? You at UC or? Uh, you can say that. Really? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Oh, no, go on, go on. No, yeah. So I mean, my my aim was like somewhere else, obviously. Really? Yeah. Where? Uh, you can probably guess. I mean, Northwestern. No, of course not. But um, uh, Stanford. Yeah. Berkeley. Like, stuff. No, no, I didn't apply there. Just like the other fancy places, but like ah, like the the Ivy School. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like the pompous. So I applied. Bricks. I applied to all no, of them. Yeah. I applied like all of the like. And I didn't. Huh? I didn't apply to any of them. This was your only college? No, no. I wasn't that confident. Ah. But I applied to like 10 colleges. And so, this was the one you chose because? Because... You got in. Come on, like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, those are good odds then. I like those no, odds. No. <laughs> if, if, there, if this was the only college that accepted me, then I would have had no choice, but... Of course. Um, the reason why I chose Illinois was first because I wanted to do mechanical engineering. Mm. Like this college was known for its engineering program. Yeah. So that was one reason. Um, I like did a little research about um, like job prospects. Let's say because mid Midwest is mm. Mm. like for mechanical engineers, especially it's like a hub. Ooh. Um, oh. Like all the manufacturing like companies and like car companies, most of them like they're like based in Midwest. Um, Caterpillar. Caterpillar, John Deere, Peoria. Ford. Yeah. Um, all of those. So. Like for, no, Ford's Ford. Ford isn't Michigan. It's hot, yeah. 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 But yeah, Midwest area. Yeah, Midwest. yeah, that's good. That's good. The uh, Rust Belt. You know? yeah. yeah. And the other, I think, I looked at a few like student organizations. Mm. I think I mentioned Solar Card my essay. I don't remember. Bro, I think I did. You were just. <laughs> he, like, he, he was roasting you about like not doing soccer. You were like the most like, oh, like what about jobs? Like, no! Nah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like blind then. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> a blind man. <laughs> and he was roasting you so now hard. Now he was, and, like, and like, he just like, what about jobs? And like, what, what are ourselves? But now is when we learn from mistakes. Yeah. You know? yeah. Hey, history. <laughs> now you need to know. And then I heard like he's coming to college here. So I was like, I have. 
No, he literally reached, he literally reached out to me on LinkedIn. He was like, Yeah, yeah. excuse me, Mr. Campolargo. <laughs> no, I want I want to be like you one day. <laughs> and I was like, Listen, like the big daddy. Yeah. Like, 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 so listen, so he, he was. Uh, I, I told him, brother, yeah. Yeah. I'll be going to the University of Notre Dame Champagne. So yeah. If you like, I can teach you my ways over there. So yeah, the Messiah, yeah. Like the, the one who leads. Mm -hmm. That's good, man. <laughs> Damn, I re I remember my first day here, but not like of classes. I okay. remember my first day here here in in campus, because when I was accepted. From that until the, a week before classes, you know, the whole orientation yeah. week and everything, I didn't visit the campus. Like, it was the first, you know, it was like a Same. Sunday or Saturday when the dorms opened. I went to ISR, Townsend Hall, mm. before it was remodeled. So, you know, it was like one of the worst. He lived, you know, I mean, one he of lived, the worst there, he lived there too. You live in ISR? We well? lived at ISR, yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Townsend first, as well. First yeah. year, yeah. Townsend. That's where we met. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I lived in there, Townsend as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it changed a lot, so <laughs> I won't even try to make you imagine it because it's so much worse than you can think about. It was very bad. But I remember my first day here that I had like a, a little bit of a long hair. I, I like let myself go uh, like this big, you know. So okay. I went to, I remember that my dad was like, okay, first day, let's make good impressions. Let's go to a barbershop like right now. <laughs> Guess when, which one we did. Um, on, 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 on the quad? It was on Green Street, like the, yeah. the, 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 the barber shop. Wait, so your dad cut you? Cut no, you? Oh, he it. took me to a shop. He got didn't kill myself. It. Yeah, yeah. It's one called like Supreme Fates, I think. I don't know. Yeah. It's like one right next to like chopsticks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The oh, one there. in that same building. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I went there and, you know, I was, I was, I was like, bold i was like i went up to the guy and i told him i always tell every guy i go to a barbershop I'm like okay cut this in the side and here in the middle good yeah, yeah. you know All like right. good and nice yeah, yeah good and nice <laughs> you know? so yeah and <laughs> the guy uh i was with he probably took it very literally because he merely whips out the number two you know <laughs> this like the number two like razor the razor yeah he just goes in like and i use glasses right so when i go and cut you know my hair i take them off i oh, cannot yeah. see very well i have yeah, like yeah, you yeah. know myopia <laughs> so i cannot see far so i don't know what the guy's doing and my dad he's like laughing and i'm like hey que paso? like what's going on why are you laughing dad it's like no don't worry about it son <laughs> and, and he was like doing like this the guy go 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 keep going and the guy was going hard you know <laughs> So, you know, the guy's like, I'm done, my son, let's go. And I put my glasses on. And imagine all of this, but like, like this. Like, <laughs> almost no <laughs> hair. All of this, like a soccer player. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like this. Like the name of the shop was Supreme Fate. Supreme Fate. So, yeah. You did get a Supreme Fate. <laughs> I did get a Supreme Fate. So, I remember that for my entire first month there in college, I always wore a cap. I was like, oh, oh. oh is that cap? Like, you know, it's so bad. I'm like, <laughs> and I didn't have, you know, enough 
enough, you know, courage to tell the guy, I don't like this. But I mean, you it would have done nothing, essentially, yeah, I mean. because it was damage was done. It's like, <laughs> it would give some glue, like, okay, my son, let's, let's fix this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> strand by strand, glue into my head. No, it was, it was that. I, I remember first semester was fun. <laughs> Do you have any other, like, favorite memories or stories like that? Like, you don't have to be first year, but, like, now you're almost done. Yeah. Almost, almost done. A few more months. Stories. Like, funny stories or, like... Yeah, just just, just one. Like, whatever <laughs> you think. Huh. Mm. I remember that my first year, I was 17 when I got in. I, 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 my, I, my birthday in September. 25th not now so I'm expecting a gift from you later sure. <laughs> uh, you too. very good I'll give you a soccer ball nice I actually need one <laughs> mine got 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 destroyed so I, no it's not anything it didn't even get like Alan you know Alan. Yeah, yeah he lost the ball from the rooftop of the hub he was like playing with it and he lost the ball Gone for it. So no one went to pick so it up. So no he one was, went to pick it up. It was on, like, on Green Street, this big building. Oh, the, Dude, oh. the hub. The hub. It's like next it to went the up. It went up. And the guy hasn't, hasn't even been me yet. So he just didn't, he just didn't go pick the, the no. ball. He was like, I'm sorry, man. I just lost it. it ah. No, but uh, the story. Um, so yeah, I got here 17 years old. 18 years old, first semester. 19 years old, third semester yeah. so in that freshman year period you know you you could have gone to like go if you want to go out right you go to a friend's dorm you go to the quad at night if you're gonna go out you can just chill in the quad go around you want to go to a party first two weeks of course rush week so you go to a dorm going around and it was fun but then the two weeks go by you cannot go in unless you're like a pledge you know you're like trying to get in that so you had, you ran out of options, and we I remember that we befriended a lot of like upperclassmen. We're going to bars and such, so we're trying to get in those <laughs> so much. They even, we even tried to like falsify passports because we didn't have you know we we didn't want to spend like a hundred dollars for like fake ID and such. So we tried so many options being denied every time, all for it to just not, doesn't matter because in my sophomore year, I just went to a bar on my birthday and I was like, okay, <laughs> old camps, I remember, it was good. The floor was always full of like spilled drinks, so it, it always made like in a, in a corner of the bar, it always made like a little puddle. So it was sticky for as well. <laughs> it wasn't worth it, no. But it was good, that's the story. <laughs> I cannot divulge. <laughs> I cannot divulge too much. I was thinking about it like, I like oh yeah, the floor was sticky. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> no, I, I, I no. thought you were, you were have like a whole like punchline or something. No, no, uh, yeah, no, 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 because no. in the middle of the story, my. I had to break. I had to break it. Yeah. Break the story. Break the story. Uh, okay. No, fine. no, no. <laughs> no, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, to to end here. Um, like, you know, you've been here for, you know, for four years. You're yeah. almost a, you consider yourself a man. What advice would you, would you give? I already was a man when oh, I got here. Well, fair enough. Hmm. But um, you hadn't stepped on sticky floors yet, though. I had to do that to yeah, become a man, yeah. okay? <laughs> it, was part of the, it was part of the hazing, come on. What, what advice would you give to a, you know, a younger 
person, either a freshman, a younger Sam, or like an immigrant, or, a young, yeah, or like an international like, student, an, an immigrant, say. like someone who's going from different countries to yeah. study here. Like, like what advice would you give them? Um, or, so, what you tell them? A immigrant student, first year, first year, first yeah. time coming to a and new I gotta country. be like the mentor. I gotta be like, yeah. let's help you out. Yeah, I'll be for classes or social or any personal. everything life. Okay. Anything you think is important. Okay, let's go step by step. Then there's a lot to know. So you know, academic wise. If, you know, freshman student, always try to talk with your advisor about what you think you're capable of in your first year. Because that essentially makes, that essentially shows you how you begin, how your, the rest of your college life will be. If you start with calculus, you start with physics, you start with Chem 104, 105, you know, there's a lot right. of permutations you can choose in your starting classes okay. that will decide all, their, all the, the rest of the classes further down the line. You can take summer classes to like sure. try to change that, but it'll be that. So always have your advisor, you know, with the whole proficiency exams, be like, right. this is what I'm capable of. I want to start with a C, a D, an F. Right. So Let's start good. Let's start with what I can be able to do my first semester, second semester. Okay. Academics, you know, try not to choose the worst possible, you know, hours because, you know, you'll be in a dorm. It's a hassle to get out. 8 a.m. classes, Monday, is very bad. But if you have no choice, try to, try to have enough sleep. Eight hours at least. Don't destroy it. Like, if, even if you don't think you have enough information for the next day for a quiz, eight, eight, sleep the eight hours. Okay. There's nothing about it. Um, office hours. Use them as much. The university has so many resources as the library, as tutoring, okay. as office hours, as so much possible help, you know, that you have to make use of it. You're paying the university thousands already in tuition. Use what you're paying for, you know. And the bus, use the bus. The bus is nice. <laughs> and buy a bike if you can. Buy a bike if you can. That's very important. Yeah. Even though you can't use it for half a year because of the snow, Buy a bike. That was a lifesaver. Even if, if you're very late for class, just hop in straight to the, I don't know, to Noise Hall. Or you go to Algill. I don't know. Whatever. Just, or, or just walk and run. But that means that you can, then, what if you're late? You have to run. Yeah, yeah. Fair, fair. Get a bike. And with a bike, you have more options of transport. You want to visit True. the Arboretum? Very nice place. Very quiet. Very nice to study even for okay. some people. Or right. you want to look at the trees? Bike. Get there in yeah. 10 minutes. Fast. All right. So academics, personal life. Your roommate doesn't matter a lot in your dorms because you use it only for sleep if you want. Okay. That is the only thing you can do. You want to cook? There's a kitchen downstairs. You want to work out? Go to the gym. You want to study? Study in the library. Study in your in wherever you want. Okay. In the lobby of the ISR even. You know, it's very nice to study there. You sleep there. It doesn't matter who you have. As long as you don't give them and they don't give you a reason to be angry, just, just cruise through it. Don't try to force a friendship if there is nothing to do there. You know, they are your roommates. They, can, okay. they, they might not be your friends, and it doesn't matter. Because the way you make friends, you know, in your social life is through classes, through RSOs. RSOs. Personally, I'm not a big fan of those. <clears throat> International student, that's very good because you can join not an RSO but an international student association. Not a member mm. of it, but you go to the house. 
the Spanish one or the Hispanic one is the La Casa Latina. So, oh. you know, every first day they have free foods. You meet people from your country, maybe, or people from similar countries as yours. Or you go to the other houses, the Asian American or the Asian house, you know. the For the food, right? Man, <laughs> it's, it's an incentive. It's, it's good to have that incentive because students I like go. it, I like it. I know, free I mean, food. And you need your iCard for entry because yeah. you're, you're indirectly paying for it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, cr I, cr I created a Twitter bot for free food. You know what it is? A Twitter bot. Yeah, so people like submit free food. I'll, I'll send it to you. Okay, send it yeah. to you. Yeah, you sent me some good information. No? <laughs> this is good. The template for, you know, why I was chosen, the, the yeah, Twitter yeah. bot. Did you program it or? Yeah. So like, oh. no, 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 nothing oh. crazy. But, oi, oi. But, Big uh, man here. No. So I literally I created as a way to like, so like it's like it's like it's like a user like generator so people can yeah. like submit okay here they, they, they like there was a fruit here like come here whatever ah I get it but so, like you, events and stuff like but that but that's input from real people or yeah, from it, other bots real people real oh. people so like, if you know for it's food, not automated it's, it's, it I thought it was like it doesn't like from search coaches. the internet and no. then yeah, yeah. automatically that's a little this will be that's will that be yeah that would be like the ultimate goal yes yeah. that would no, be good that's way too messy I coded it after like doing finals no you can go for keywords no, no it's still too hard oh, you yeah. can I, just, I, don't, I don't care enough about it so I just literally okay. literally did it from like 11pm to like 4am yeah on a finals 4am day or something yeah <laughs> you crazy guy right? yeah because <laughs> I was I was so like mentally underwhelmed with just for finals ah you, were, you want to like take your mind off it oh. no it was like underwhelmed it was so bored ah you were done no, I wasn't done. I still have things, but like, I was bored. Ah. I just didn't want to do any final thing, so I just did this thing. He just goes. Yeah, it's not right. That's how you know he, he likes what he's doing, right? Anyway, okay, so. Social life. Personal, so, and then. And then personal life. We did academic, we personal. We did academics, we did social. Personal. Now personal life, the third one. No, no, you did personal already. No, that was social. That was social. Oh, okay, got it. Because right. I was told, telling you about the roommate. Got it. I was telling you about go to La Casa Cultural Latina. Eat food. Eat food. <laughs> it's free. Go to events as well. Like, if you're a religious person or not, if you have some interest that don't mean... I'm not saying don't go to an RSO. If you like poker a lot, there's a poker RSO. I went to it. It wasn't good because they, they didn't spend money. Which was what I was interested in, <laughs> but it was good. It was good. That's good. That's good. That's yeah. true though. Like, and they also played like five cards. So I don't know. I like that. I like Texas Hold'em. You know, all right. Whole shebang. But that is social social life. Okay. You know, no. have fun. Personal life. If you have to do it by obligation, like someone calling you to remind you or putting a billion alarms about it. Personal hygiene is a big thing. <laughs> Go to the bathroom, take a bath, wash your face, I don't know, do stuff about it. All right. Like, have a very, as one of the biggest priorities as personal hygiene. Mm. Having a calendar is good, personally. I don't know, it, it, it doesn't work with other people and some people work, okay. but try to find a way of memorizing assignments and memorizing important mm. data. Having a calendar, having a whiteboard, the size in your room, anything mm. that you can see and write on it right. in order to memorize stuff. You have an assignment due this day. This is a project for Saturday. Next Monday is the midterms. In, so you can organize yourself. If you cannot do it by your own mind or having like a own notebook, have something big, visualize it. Right. 
Make it as pretty as you want. Okay. Don't make it disorganized. Like, make it good. Make it so you have to do it slowly so you memorize it. Because from what I've seen and personally, by writing stuff, it somehow, like, imprints in your brain. Sure. It, 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 it leaves a trace on what you did. It, it helps you remind. Not by saying to yourself, oh, there's an assignment on next Tuesday. That's okay, it. Okay, okay. No, like, put your mind on it. Mm. Try to call your parents as much as possible, like all the time, if you can. Or have a schedule of them. Every two days, call your sister or your mother or your father or your brother or your grandmother. Because you won't see me, you won't be seeing them a lot since you are in another country. Right. They're not from. You might be seeing them on Thanksgiving or winter break. At the very most, you know? Right. Call them as much, FaceTime as much, tell them what you're doing. If you, if you know what to talk about, just tell them what you're doing or what you want to do. Oh, I was thinking about playing soccer. I met this guy from Venezuela. He's good. Let's see how he plays, you yeah. know. Bad talk, you know, keep that connection going on. The, uh, the other thing you can do is that you can create a WhatsApp group. And then, yeah. no, you should, you should, yeah, so you can, with your dad, and then add a friend to it. <laughs> So, so that's what he did. So ah. He created a, a, a WhatsApp group with his dad and me. Why? So, so we can keep the connection going. But why you? <laughs> why, why, why you did? Because I'm, I'm a lost brother. No. <laughs> he is. Yeah. Like brother from another mother. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. Uh, it, yeah. So like, this is, this create a chat with like your obligations. These are like sort of like yeah, like things that could help you. Yeah. What can hurt? Like, all these might not even help someone specifically, but these are, like, broad guidelines that might affect a lot of people. So mm. each one, you know, might help you or not. But it's up to the individual, up to the example, you know, more or less. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, it's good. So to, to end our section here, we have a section called overrated or underrated oh, okay. so the first one he'll go next uh, the first one is frats you were you, you were a frat boy at one point yeah, so frats underrated or overrated personally i would say very overrated you're paying for a friendship you're paying to be in a community you are demanded a lot of time a lot of commitment a lot of stuff they have, some of them have archaic, you know, laws with them. Some do hazing, but, you know, in the hush-hush. <laughs> um, you know what? Can I do this as a more complex instead of seeing underrated or overrated? Sure. Because yeah. there are frats who are very good. They're engineering frats. Okay, let's just... Very good listen, engineering frats. Like, I, don't, I, don't care, I don't care what people think. I want to know what you think. I don't care about, like, oh, yeah, like, what does the okay, chancellor okay, think? Okay. I don't, I don't <laughs> overrated. I would thinks. say highly overrated. That's okay. As simple as that. Do I have to justify my answer? Well, just a little bit. A little bit. Uh, from personal experience, from people I know who've been in it and all of that, I've seen that, I said, you're paying for a friendship yeah. or for being a community, they have weird laws, you have to do time commitment and personal commitment. What was the, um, you know, you, you told me like, oh, like brother, whatever, like when you were paying and then you stopped paying and like, yeah, <laughs> and 
they did radio not, silence, radio like, silence. They did not recognize you Yeah, anymore. because <laughs> I, they have, you know, their buddies, their brothers, yeah, their yeah. pledges and such. So, like, you're only a brother once you pay. But you don't pay, you're not, you're not a brother. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how it works. You have a membership fee to be in the crowd. Yeah. Bro- you mean a brother fee? Ooh. Brother fee. Yeah. I like that. Uh, brother <laughs> fee. <laughs> like everything they say is like brother. Oh, let's go to the brother lunch and uh, at the brother dining hall. You know that. Uh, <laughs> overrated. I would say overrated. It has much many. There's a cost, a very big cost from the benefits it gives you. And those benefits you can even get them without paying by having friends through elsewhere or other, you know, alternative sources. You're saying hi to people. Yeah, just being a normal you, guy. You're seeing where that leads you. Yeah. It's very pompous. It's very, uh, it's weird. It's mm-hmm. Greek life. Um, no, under, uh, overrated, overrated. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think I probably know the answer to this one, but you you interested in soccer, so Ted Lasso. The series? Yeah. <laughs> Underrated as, as much as possible. Very good series. Very solid I'm angry because a lot of people who have met seen only the first episodes and like, oh, American comedy about not knowing soccer, mm. oh, so good. No, so they're like, they don't like that because that's that's how they thought it was gonna be. It's a very good series, very good character, not not even very good, amazing characters. The dialogue is one of the best I've generally seen in a series. It's very good. The comedy is very good. The character, you know, like interactions in the in the two seasons. Of what do you mean? What do you mean interactions? <laughs> interactions. Oh, got it. You know, talking. You know, they talking. talk. Oh, they talk. Yeah. oh, really? Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> yes. And it's about football, so it's extra interesting. You know, it, it adds. It adds. All right. And the best part is, even if you don't like soccer or you don't even know anything right, about it, right. you still like the series still because like the it. series is not only about soccer it's about personal health it's about you know relationship with people it's about being away from your family this the series protagonist Ted Lasso uh, the name is very good it's a very solid protagonist very good I I highly recommend anyone to see the series by far yeah personally I'm not watching anymore but um, the two I've seen in you know, I'll in my life will be Money Heist and The Ozarks and those are, have been really good, and I'm not interested in putting it. How about words. those? Underrated or overrated between those two? So, Money Heist? And I think it's, yeah, it's one. I think some people like really like it, and for those who say underrated, but for me, it's underrated. Underrated. I think yeah. it's overrated. I think it's no, overrated. No, especially as well. like the last episode. Coldplay. <laughs> no. Coldplay was there, man. Come on. <laughs> Coldplay uh, was there. So, I just watched the last episode and be happy the, with the, the entire song. series. I mean, there was a song, a Coldplay song there. Nah. And <laughs> I thought it was going to be Coldplay, like, Green <laughs> <laughs> on the Mask. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, while the, the clocks, where the yellow. While the heist is happening, they're playing outside. <laughs> yeah, right. And then Ozarks. Oh, yellow. is very good too. Like really nicely done. Like, like the colors, like the Ozarks like even I don't know much about like cinemat like cinematography and like you know colors, but like you can see, you can feel like when they're in different places, like the color and like the camera is just like, very well it. done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very true. well done. So. Uh, what about you? What are your favorite series that you would say like over or underrated? He, 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 there is. Yeah, he's watching like, the the Hulk sister. Oh, like, she Hulk? Uh, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't talk like that's not. That doesn't even come uh, in. Okay, okay. Your favorite. I'd say your favorites. Dark. It's underrated. Have you seen it? <laughs> I tried to watch it. You I tried to? Watch? <laughs> no way. It was too boring. No. At the first. No initial start is slow. I tried. Then it gets so interesting. I really tried, but. 
I, I remember going like 20 minutes went by in the episode in which yeah, you would nothing not happens, yeah. you know. Because you don't know what's happening. It's not that I don't know. Like, the characters, I forgot their names. I forgot what they want. It's... Trust me. I didn't, I, if you, I if couldn't you, connect. Do you, you like, do you like, like, um, time travel and like, like thinking about something I mean, like very I, deeply? I like the movies, when you yeah. When you watch a series, do you like thinking about it deeply or do you just like... Oh, I, I really get into the series. If I'm interested, Okay, then watch Dark. Trust me. If I Wait make, for it. If I have to make myself do it, I'll try. I'll okay. Try. What's your favorite one? My favorite series. It's like, a, it's some, some, something on Amazon, right? Or... No. Like, some, some sort of a space thing or whatever. My favorite, favorite series or movie? You meant. Both, just... Oh, movies? Interstellar. Oh, I by, agree. By Agreed. far, by Agreed. far my favorite movie of all time. Definitely. <laughs> He has not seen it in the cellar yet. yet. Still and you missed it because you cannot see it on IMAX anymore. That's how you saw it. Yeah, that's how you see them. What do you mean? At IMAX. Like, oh, sure. very good cinema. Okay, calm down. No. <laughs> like, you need but, uh, Like, it's not like you can watch it on your phone. No, like, you need this. You need this. The movie, you know, sounds. You need the movie visuals. It's very uh, I need to buy. Uh, I need to buy an, an IMAX then. But, uh, yeah, buy the 100,000 camera yeah. IMAX television series. <laughs> And series, television series I liked a lot. I'm gonna say Game of Thrones, season one to four, the beginning, when the dialogue was the best, the visuals were the best, and the characters were the best. After that, it doesn't exist. Like I have my own theory that they all die because like a meteor like crashed in Westeros and. Yeah, the the the, the, the actor of uh, like one of the actors on Game of Thrones is actually a student here. Have you seen him already? right now? No, I'm kidding. But like, there, like, there's a guy who looks exactly the same as people. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, the, like, I think it's the guy short. Tyrion. I don't know. I don't know. Like the, the 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 small boy. Short guy with like a beard, like long hair. Yes. Oh, Peter who? Dinklage. Yeah. Peter Dinklage. There's yes. a guy. Oh my goodness. He like he must be his. I I his think I cousin. saw him as well. I, yeah, I once saw him, him here. I once saw him here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. At a party. But yeah. He's very like you know particular whatever. Yeah. And he just very like that. I think I've seen him once. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, those are my two things. Mm. Ah, what what else you got for me for underrated, overrated, under or like this? Like what? So underrated. Or overrated. Okay, I like yeah. I like that. Uh, <laughs> so, it's, this one is really interesting. But um, you know, the color red has been used throughout history as a as a way to showcase a, a different or a, to showcase a really specific movement, uh, a political movement. Even you have red in your background. Oh. I don't know if you realize. This is orange. No, it's red. It's red. Ah. Oh. Um, oh, we're gonna be a line I hear, <laughs> orange and blue. So, I don't know. So, yeah. <laughs> I and I. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the color red, overrated, underrated. That's too broad. Yeah, that is too. Broad. That is no, like very the color, broad. the color red as uh, you know, like in Venezuela, you know, like we use the color red as for a, what? What do you mean for what? You oh, forgot now? Spell it out. <laughs> no, it's like like for political stuff. Like it has been like for like you know like, like like Russia used to like Venezuela used to like for the communists. Yeah. yeah. And the socialists, I would say, very overrated because like, they took over the the color, you know, without any need, and they basically taint its context, its meaning by having that bad history behind of it, you know. 
essentially. I, I would say, like, overrated because of the way they took it and, you know, of how, how you know, very... How they say this? Amativo, you know. Yeah, yeah very, like, attentive. It's very attentive to know, oh, red. It immediately evokes you the feeling of that, the memories, the feeling, the, the history. So overrated, like, nah. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for... For spending time some uh, with us and you know my pleasure sharing your, you. your stories. We Thank you very it. much for receiving me here. It was very nice. It was very of course. Good. It was, it was, it was hard to like receive you here because of your size, but uh, like once we receive you, like we, we put you together and yeah. <laughs> like a Lego set. Yeah. You know, like the legs <laughs> connected with the abdomen, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. So once again, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you for everyone um, for watching. Um, in this episode, uh, we, we got a chance to talk about history. Some, that's something we, we have explored a little in the, in the past, but Venezuelan history is something that personally I am um, unaware of and something that I found very interesting to learn about. And also um, the brief history of India. True. Like that could be a whole book. <laughs> <laughs> Probably is. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, just following your dreams and surviving as a student in this like any new university any new place um, there's a lot of knowledge that you can gain by learning from others mistakes and I think that's the biggest lesson I would personally take from this conversation um, looking or studying history can always teach you something new about yourself even though it's not directly related to you um, and it's like you never know which door you might knock on um, when you go exploring so Always, always seek the impossible, and I'm sure you'll go to great places. Um, thank you for watching, and stay curious. We'll see you in the next one. Thank you. Good? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs>